Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So the topic that came up um, was the masculine and feminine energies and the interpenetration of these energies. For me, I, it was a terminology I wouldn't have used for a long time. Not that I had a strong opinion about it or I thought much about it. It just seemed to me that when people use the the those kinds of words or terminologies, it was more based on identifying or uh, reflecting on their own like human qualities perhaps or their human identities which just didn't resonate with me um and it may just be i didn't understand fully obviously i hadn't looked a lot into taoism and so forth so uh, clearly there are there are people and traditions that understand this in very nuanced ways but it just didn't resonate with me until one day it just clicked like one moment it clicked for some strange reason and when it clicked when i realized what it was um it was a big aha moment because it was something that i had already noticed um something based on realization that became clear but like so many aspects of realization it's so subtle and it's in one sense so intimate that you don't even realize that's what people are talking about. Um, or you don't realize that that model or that paradigm is pointing to something that's very intimate to you or very clear in your experience. Uh, so this, this is the strange thing about concepts and words and paradigms and all of it. But anyway, when it clicked for me, uh, I thought it was so fascinating because what, and this could just be my interpretation of it, although I think it does align with many sort of ancient wisdom teachings. But for me, it, it very much lines up with the integrative and disintegrative movements or aspects. If you're interested in Zen, you could look at the ninth Oxfording picture and it describes it very well. But the disintegrative and integrative aspects of experience, and what I mean by that is, not at the narrative level, uh, not at the really even the emotional level or even the physical level, but at the most bare experiential level, the most bare uh, way that we may perceive anything at all, or even before perception, mere appearance. It's very much the most subtle um, or let me say the most uh, primary experience we can have that leads through reflection of consciousness to the illusion of duality. It doesn't mean that the integration, integrative and disintegrative movements are themselves dualistic because they're not. Um, and that's what's so strange about it. They're actually not. 
they're they they have their own individual and distinct aspects and yet they are truly not two this is not uh this is not created by human consciousness but it's reflected upon by human consciousness and then all manner of perceptions are built on top of this so i would actually use the term the buddhist term dependent co-arising is very much like that you could say emptiness and luminous nature are dependently co-arising in the sense that emptiness does not exist on its own luminous nature radiant nature of experience does not exist on its own they're intertwined but they have a certain distinct quality as well now only through the reflection of consciousness can we actually see those as two which is very interesting um that that can even happen because instinctually through realization you know it can't there is no duality there's no multiplicity there's no singularity these are all perceptions or interpretations of experience so at the most fundamental level of experiencing which means non-dualistic which means there's no experiencer i could just say appearing i could say non-arising appearance or luminous nature um and empty clarity at that level of experience uh you know so intimately both the masculine and feminine aspect and they're undistorted by the fluctuations in consciousness or the interpretation that arises from the fluctuation in consciousness and it, that arises through the fundamental human illusion which is the illusion of a separate self self-structure and that gives rise very quickly to all kinds of aspects of struggle, including the the illusion of time, the illusion of space and distance, the illusion of will. And all of that feels like resistance. It feels like a very subtle, not very subtle, a very primary resistance, primary to our experience. But all of that is essentially arising from this reflective consciousness that reflects um. It's, it's pristine in and of itself, consciousness, but it, its reflective nature can lead to distortion. It can lead to the illusion of separation, the illusion of identity or separate identity. And that's where the whole problem starts in a sense, as far as the problem of being a human, the problem of suffering and all. Um, so there's a there's a way to know these, these movements or energies, the dis disintegrative and integrative ap with absolute intimacy. And it's right here. <clears throat> but as we reacquaint ourselves with them, not through knowledge or understanding, through realization, I might say through experience, but it's not even that because you're not collecting experiences as realization unfolds. It's a net loss of illusion. That's all it really is. All realization really is, is illusion being dispelled. And it's even mysterious how that even happens. It might feel like you're doing it, it might feel like it's being done to you, but neither of those are quite right. It's just happening. So illusion is sort of dispelling itself. And as that, that occurs, this uh, realignment with what is always the case 
simple and obvious at all times, both masculine and feminine interpenetrated as this, as the most basic experience possible, which is profoundly enjoyable just as much as it's profoundly still. And again, that's the masculine and feminine, um, not two, and yet somehow we can be aware of the two aspects or these two aspects. Now, as we re become reacquainted through that net loss of illusion, what we find is that fixation, and everyone here knows what fixation feels like, fixation is layered. And sometimes we fixate toward, I'm going to say the masculine, although it's not the masculine, it's fixated. It's the interpretation of it. It's the reflective interpretation of it. Other times we fixate toward the feminine. <clears throat> and this is in layers. This happens at the intellectual layer in many, many, many ways. It happens at the emotional layer. It happens at the, the physical layer. And these distortions or these fixations are tied to often emotions, specific emotions. Um, and they're also tied to developmental identities that we build one on top of the other as we grow from becoming a self-aware being in the most basic sense at less than two years old to becoming some, you know, aware internal world experiencing being that now understands other people have internal worlds and then starts living in a very complex internal world. All of those layers are associated with certain fixations that are not your fault, not your parents' fault. They're not anybody's fault. They're, they're actually, they are what makes it possible to have that complex inner world, but they're, they're fixations nonetheless. So as this whole thing backs, backs into primary experience and then beyond that, which is non-dualistic without identity, impossible to talk about, but quite realizable. We will find ourselves in these different fixations. We'll start to know what it feels like to feel fixated in the masculine or feminine. And the fixation, again, is not the cause of masculine or feminine energy because neither one exists on their own. They're through interpretation. So all of this end up, ends up in one way or another being about interpretation or misinterpretation. But we feel it for sure. We know what it feels like. We all know what it feels like to be deeply in feminine energy. We know what it feels like to be deeply in masculine energy. We may not identify it that way, but we all know it. And they also interplay all the time in all of our physiologic and cognitive processes, the, the masculine and feminine integrative and disintegrative energies. Retreat is such a good environment to explore this because it's a safe environment. It's a protected environment. It's not just protected by the coordinator of the retreat or the teacher or, or even the sangha. It's protected by, a, in one sense, forces beyond us because the universe, the, the world gives us this space. All kinds of conditions have to come into play for this to even happen. So you're in a very good space, <clears throat> excuse me, to explore. And you don't have to do this intellectually. You'll do it intuitively, but to explore these parts of yourself. Um, the, the feeling of finding the the feeling the the intention the intuition of finding where the integration 
meets the disintegration where awareness, bare awareness meets that radically intimate experience of formlessness appearing as radiant nature, as, as color, as shapes right in front of your eyes. But so clear that all of a sudden there aren't your eyes anymore. There is not in front anymore. That radical intimacy, where that meets awareness, where that meets the knowing of it, is where both knowing and form completely disintegrate. And you can find that uh, at every level of experience, at the conscious level, the level of consciousness, at the level of emotion, <laughs> excuse me, um, at the level of physicality, and at the level, at the energetic level. And you can perceive all of those simultaneously. Now, when I say you can do all these things, I'm not saying make a project of it. I'm saying be open to it. Let it show you what it is. And it may just so sound confusing at first. It did to me many times, people talking about this or whatever. And all of a sudden it just clicks. And when it clicks, it clicks at such a deep level. And that clicking at the deep level, that flash of insight reorients so many things in our experience, in our, per in our personal experience, in our lives, the narrative of our lives, the way we physically move, the way we emote, our perceptions of ourselves, our cognitive perceptions, all of that can be realigned so rapidly when this, um, this very, very deep insight just presents itself. It's so subtle, but the truth is in the subtlety. The truth of what we're doing here is in the subtlety. It's not in some big mental explosion or some wild and crazy otherworldly mystical experience that you can tell your friends about or your family or yourself or whatever. It's not in that. <clears throat> Those things can happen, but they're actually more like side effects. The root of what happens is so incredibly subtle, but it doesn't mean it's not important. It doesn't mean it's not all of this. It's not all of this happen seemingly happening because um because of the subtlety. And the beauty of it is the more you trust this, the more you start really finding it everywhere. Like I said, retreat is a very special environment. It's a wonderful environment to to practice this. What are we practicing? Are we practicing being better meditators? Are we being are we practicing emoting better? Are we practicing moving better? Are we practicing emptiness better or, or sitting still better. Yeah, we're practicing all those things. But what we're really, really practicing is taking taking every single opportunity inside retreat and outside of retreat to, to let yourself just die into more and more of the subtlety that's available everywhere in the seeming mundane, in that which we seem to overlook all day long. Because we're thinking, we're thinking about our past, our future, our problems, our friends, our family, our, all of it, our health, what we're going to do next, what we're going to say next, right? All of that's just mental activity, but what we're doing 
through habit is overlooking the, the amazing clarity, the amazing intimacy that is really available in every single quanta of appearance of experience and, and to be attuned to noticing that letting, letting it grab you from the inside. The more you become attuned to that, to attune to that is to, to know integration and disintegration in the, in perfect harmony. Cause that's exactly what it feels like. It feels like dying and being reborn all the time. And in, in, in gross ways, gross meaning like in the more macrocosmic aspect of you, your storyline, your stuff that's going on in your life right now, which changes constantly, it can feel like it has a certain overarching flavor for a day or a week or a month or whatever. Um, and that's also not uh, dismissed by the clarity and the continuing penetration into the subtle moment to moment. They are also one and the same. So you can find your way into this or let that reach out to you, that subtlety um, in every movement, in a, in a very intensely feminine experience, in a very intensely masculine experience, in an experience where you have no idea what it is a confused experience, an experience that's so contentless that there's nothing there at all. Even peace can't be said to be there. It's also there. And it's also in heady experiences or experiences that are require thinking or seeming seemingly require a lot of thinking or anything. It's all there. It's, it's always there. So this to me retreat <clears throat> is about teaching us slowing things down enough and paring away too much of the distraction or, or all of the distraction we normally have. It's, it's about kind of clearing all that out and being supported energetically by the environment, the earth, the world, the universe, this apparent moment in time and space, the Sangha and your teacher, your retreat coordinator, um, whoever's doing the pointing, uh, letting all of that show you that you can go back into the moment, into the life, but you practice right now, right here, finding that subtlety in the breath, in an emotion, in frustration, in sadness. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. And your alarm clock going off? In anything. It's uh it's eminently available. So that's that's what we're doing here. That's what we're practicing here is absolute availability. And the more available we are, we know what it feels like to be available both in the feminine aspect and then the masculine aspect. If one of those is overemphasized, you won't be fully available and that's okay. It's not, not nothing to judge yourself on, but you will notice it over time. When things come into balance, it's amazing how flexible well, everything is, but the Dharma vehicle, the, the awakening process itself does amazing things. Um, and it's not apart from you, it's not apart from your thoughts and your feelings and your doubts and your frustration and your pain and your 
joy and your pleasure. And it's all that too, but it's also fully beyond, beyond our understanding, beyond our limitations, beyond our capacity to perceive. And it is our capacity to perceive. It's all of it. So I think that's it. <laughs>